Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, I hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Friday, May the 14th, and our top story today is that Amazon is creating more than 1,300 jobs at a huge new centre in Dartford. The £200 million warehouse is being built at the former Littlebrook power station site next to the River Thames. The four-storey so-called Megabox will be among the largest in Europe and is due to open in August. Well, our business editor, Chris Britcher, joins me now to chat about it. And Chris, firstly... Great news today then for the jobs market after such a tough year for many, many people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, goodness knows we've been due a bit of good news. Uh, Obviously, these jobs for Amazon are going to be fantastic. It comes hot on the heels of Shepard Neem yesterday announcing it's going to appoint 300 new jobs over the course of the summer. Finally, after months and months of miserable, dreary news on the business front, things seem to be picking up. Yeah, and this site in Dartford, it really is pretty epic, isn't it? Just give us some idea of the scale of it. It is absolutely enormous. It's built on a former power station and it's 2.3 million square foot, which is equivalent apparently to about 30 football pitches. So we are not talking a small uh, setup here by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, you can kind of put it in some context there, can't you? Well, kind of. Anyway, these jobs are among 10,000 being created by the company across the whole country. It really does seem to show that our love of online shopping is by no means dwindling despite high streets shops reopening. Yeah, absolutely. I think habits were formed during the lockdown. Um, I think people who have perhaps hadn't wanted to dip their toe into the waters of uh, online shopping now have taken the plunge. Uh, to be honest, whereas I, I guess there will be a slight um, drop in online shopping as we go forward and the shops reopen, I, I just think, you know, we are now wedded to an online world and we will keep buying and Amazon is obviously the number one the number one name in that industry yeah absolutely and it's just so easy isn't it it is so easy and, and it's very very quick but um, finally there has been some reaction today from the business secretary to all this hasn't there there has, and he's he's obviously delighted. I mean, the government want to know about this the economy growing back again. Uh, they want you know money and jobs coming back into the into the industries, and this is a great news. And obviously, it's Amazon; it's a huge name, and it's it you know th- there is little to be uh, sad about. I think. Thanks ever so much, Chris. And as Chris mentioned, more good news on the jobs front because Britain's oldest brewer, which is based in Kent, is hiring more staff. Faversham's Shepherd Neem is looking for 300 workers in management, front of house and kitchen roles as it prepares to reopen all of its remaining pubs and hotels. Hospitality venues and indoor drinking, of course, will be allowed again when further lockdown restrictions ease from Monday. Kent Online News. Other top stories today and flowers and other tributes have been left at the scene of a crash in Sittingbourne which killed a 26-year-old motorcyclist and saw four people arrested. A bike collided with a car on Swale Way on Wednesday night. The victim has been named locally as Ryan Rudden from Whitstable. Another man who was on the motorbike was taken to hospital with serious injuries. Well, three of those arrested have now been released. We're told a 32-year-old man remains in custody. A serial killer from Dartford who's one of Britain's longest-serving prisoners has once again been told he can't be released. Patrick Mackay was jailed in 1975. One of his victims was a priest who was killed with an axe in Shaun near Gravesend. Well, Mackay is now 65 and the parole board has decided he's not suitable to be freed but can remain in an open prison. Meantime, 30 years after a woman was found murdered in Medway, police have admitted they're still no closer to finding her killer. 
32-year-old Glenda Potter was found dumped in a churchyard in Rochester in 1991. It's thought the mother of four had been killed two days before her body was discovered. Officers say they are still hoping for new information to come forward. A Canterbury teenager says she's so outraged at a rise in cases of domestic abuse during lockdown, she's planning a march in the city. Sophie Hartup set up an Instagram page for survivors to share their stories and says she's been overwhelmed by the number getting in touch. The 18-year-old feels it's now the right time to make a stand. She's been talking to Ish. The aim of my Instagram account and the aim of the march is to not shame the perpetrators as such although I'd much rather them be shamed than the um, survivors but it's to give a space for survivors to speak about their story openly and without the stigma and shame. I think having a march with all those people there sort of eliminates a lot of that shame and hopefully will sort of bend the stigma a bit to allow people to actually speak out and heal and um, yeah it's not just domestic abuse like if people see like child group if people being child groomed and stuff like this or they when you're a child you might not recognize that as wrong but if you see lots of people um kind of speaking out on it you start to recognize what is child grooming is it happening to me um how can I report it and stuff like this just sort of um making people think about their situation before it escalates and just letting people know that it's okay to speak out you know and heal and yeah, with, with your Instagram account, where obviously you share anonymous stories. Do you get a lot of people contacting you? Yeah, I do get a lot of people contacting me. Um, I don't post, I try to post as many of the stories as I can. Um, I don't post anything that mentions names or faces because my main focus of the account is to try and just get the story out there and to focus on um, the survivor and the, their healing. And I feel like if I was to try and name and shame people, well, one, I'd get into lots of trouble. And two, I think it attracts the wrong energy. And I feel like the focus really should be on attracting positive energy um, rather than trying to get at people and get angry and stuff like that. And of course, yeah. And of course, instead, you, what you're I guess what you're trying to do is normalising the, the conversation about it. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I and actually when I made the account, I was shocked by the amount of stories that I got and the like the huge scale um and the massive range of stories that were covered. I mean, some of them are just absolutely shocking and some of them I just thought, you know, these people have not they have probably not even spoken openly to their families about this and stuff. And some of these stories I hadn't even heard of before because they'd never been covered. I, I sort of read them and I was just shocked that these things happen behind closed doors and they're a lot more common than we think. Well, the march is expected to take place after lockdown restrictions are completely lifted in June. It'll go from the Westgate Towers to Danejong Gardens. Kent Online reports. The founder of an animal sanctuary near Sittingbourne says she would be devastated to have to get rid of their cockerels after being told they're still a nuisance. You might remember from a previous podcast, people living near the Happy Pants Ranch in Bobbing have complained about the noise. Well, this is what Amy James had to say at the time. It's just really sad that this is happening because we've, we've never had this problem before. We've been in far more residential areas than this and um, nothing's ever been a problem. I mean, the, obviously there's going to be noises, animal noises, 
going on, but it's um, to a lot of people, especially when you're in the countryside on agricultural land, it's a, a cockerel noise here and there isn't isn't a problem. Um, plus, we've been doing everything we can to try and reduce the noise, um, blacking out the cockerel's windows, moving them, not letting them out till a bit later in the day. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, it's um, it, it's just sad that it's come to this, and it, 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 it'd just be nice to have a bit more support because we're only trying to do a good thing here for the community not not just for the animals but for the people around staff insist they're doing all they can to keep things quiet but the council say it's not enough at the moment a man who runs a catering truck on the side of a busy road in dover is calling for more to be done to stop lorries from parking dangerously it's one of our most read stories today actually wayne king says he's being prevented from running his business from a lay-by on the a256 at whitfield due to hgvs blocking it well police have confirmed they have been called to clear vehicles from the site the local and county council both said the issues were not their responsibility. It's feared someone might be trying to kill animals in Ramsgate after sausages laced with suspected poison were found in people's back gardens. Residents in the Newington Road area are being urged to check for anything suspicious before letting their pets out. A Kent charity says many children with special needs have struggled during the pandemic without their usual education and healthcare support. Maidstone-based 21 Together offers speech and language therapy services for youngsters with Down syndrome. But lockdowns have meant that they've missed out on important social interaction and parents have not been able to meet to share their concerns either. We've been catching up with Joe Ayathore, who is the group's manager. It's been really tough at a lot of different levels, really. And it's been tough for everyone, first of all, you know, that's that's very clear. But actually, we've had almost a, a whole cohort of babies born during during the pandemic that, that we've never met, that have never had that support that maybe we set up to provide, that we've tried our best through Zoom meetings and to connect families, but it's not quite the same when you've got this new baby in your arms. And, you know, you, there are worries and there are concerns and you do want to share that with people. And um, there is something that's really special about being able to come to our sessions where actually all the other parents are in the same boat and you can come in and actually everyone's like, oh, can I have a cuddle? You know, oh, they're gorgeous. They're, you, know, they're, you know, and actually the, the things that maybe other mums would go to baby groups to get, um, there's something quite nice that they're missing really from that connection with those, with those babies and the information as well, as well as services. So we're finding a lot of the kind of paediatric services have completely disappeared during this time. So their access to healthcare and, and speech and language and, and things has all really disappeared. So for our, for our kind of younger children, that was education as well, in terms of accessing preschool and, and the curriculum they need to access, they really struggled during that time and they just weren't getting the differentiated um, education that they needed at all. So we've done a lot of work with talking to schools and preschools. And um, we set up a new project called Teach Me Too, which is a video-based library designed specifically for that group of preschoolers um, who were missing out on that basic early years education so you know that parents could try and do that at home and really that kind of leads on to the, the families as a whole it, we all struggled you know I'm a mum to three kids we all struggled with homeschooling and uh, you know that's across the board but actually when you've got a child with, with special needs and particularly as they get older the level of support that you're required to give them at home is a whole new level so if you've got a 12 year old at home and you're trying to also work you know you can set them up you can check in with them you can get them going but actually if you've got a 12 year old at home who needs you normally have school time one to one at school um, and needs kind of 
full-time support to actually to, to, to do the work that's being sent home and that is assuming that the work that's being sent home is of a level that they can access which often it's not it's actually then becomes a full-time job that you're meant to be doing on top of your other work so the levels of stress within our families we found you know really rocketed in terms of the level of expectation on them to deliver the education for their children. And a Tunbridge school that helps pupils who find busy mainstream classrooms too overwhelming is about to expand. Hillview School for Girls set up Bordike End in September and has been supporting 14 students who were struggling to cope. Well, it's now going to be able to take on another 55 over 16s from across West Kent. Kent Online reports. The Kent Online podcast has been to see the work being done to bring one of Kent's most important buildings back into use. The former dockyard church at Sheerness has been derelict for two decades following a fire and at one point was at risk of collapse. Well, more than £4 million of lottery cash is being used to transform it into an enterprise centre. Stuart McLeod is from the National Lottery. Really, really excited. Now, now they have the opportunity to look around today, seeing the work underway. Um, it's a fantastic project to be involved in. We've probably been in conversation for around about 10 years, so that gives you an idea of how long these things take to really come to fruition. But uh, Swale used to be uh, what we called a priority area for us, so we recognised that the National Lottery Heritage Fund had kind of given less money here than, than perhaps we had elsewhere. So we had a programme of work where we were actively looking for important projects to support. So as I say, we've been in conversation for quite some time about this one. And um, I mean, I think the reason why this was particularly special to us was, first of all, seeing the, the state of disrepair of the building. You know, the, the, the vision to really bring it back into some kind of sustainable new use was, well, the sort of ambition that we're keen to support in the first place. And then the end use, the proposed use for the building, I think just seemed to be um, wholly appropriate for the area because I think this strong focus on um, supporting young people into, you know, into the early stages of their careers, um, that being the kind of the repurposing of this building we felt was, was, was very, very special and, you know, understanding that there are challenges for young people on the island, you know, it's not easy to find work and to, to have that kind of, as I say, early career um, support pathway that this new enterprise centre will offer we thought was a, a fantastic project to back. Probably much needed PR for the church as well. Just speaking to Tommy, as an, as an islander, he didn't even know this was here. I mean, I, I suppose once this is done, you have something really that you can show off and is, is something that the islanders can be proud of. Uh, what talks through that kind of local pride angle. Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, I, I think, you know, as I say, when you, when you saw this, the, the state of the building, well, I mean, the state of the building is still in, frankly. Um, I can imagine for a lot of local people, they would have found it hard to believe that really would it ever come back into some kind of use. So I think you know that that sort of transformational aspect. It really, it, it, I can, I guess it sort of speaks of um, ambition and it speaks of vision. What's what's being delivered here? And I would certainly think that once it's open, once the enterprise centre is up and running, and people get to come and use the community cafe facilities as well, um, there are business spaces going to be available to people. I think this is somewhere somewhere locals will be talking about this will be a special place to come and it, it, you know the building itself is you know is important um, and seeing it back in in use for local people 
I think it's going to make all the difference. It'll give young entrepreneurs space to kickstart their careers and should be open in 2022. Tommy Stower is working on the restoration. Jobs on the island are very minimal. This is, as I said to Steve, uh, this is the second job in eight years that I've had on the island. Everything else has been off the island and at least an hour travel. So to have this is just absolutely amazing. Helps you to have a hand in a project which, when it's all finished, you'll be able to, you know, drive past, you'll be able to say, oh, just down there, you know, I had a hand in that one as well, must be nice. Yeah, see, I didn't even, it sounds bad, but I didn't even know this church existed. Honestly, I used to live in Blue Town, so it's quite bad of me, really. But yeah, it's going to be absolutely amazing. It's going to be something that the island actually does need because I know a lot of young people trying to start businesses and just need that little extra push. So. Much needed PR as well. As you said it just then, you didn't even notice here. Be honest, I didn't particularly notice there either. So when it's all finished, you can say, guys, you know, there's something down there. I had a hand in it and, and good PR for the place. Yeah, exactly that. So I'll be t all my mates know that I'm down here already. As you can see the on the uh, ball boards already, I'm that I'm photo on there. But yeah, it's going to be absolutely amazing because I can bring people down here that didn't know it was here also. And I can say, look, I worked on that and done this and that and sort of give them a little tour themselves. Um, it's, it's rather unusual in its job I suppose in that you know you, you, there's plenty of buildings that you can do but I suppose you know a, a church with this kind of age it's a pretty unique project as well tell me about that it is a very unique project as you saw when I'm on a building site buildings go up normally do you know what I mean so to see a building this old as well to just be refurbished and back to its sort of normal self is just absolutely amazing genuinely amazing you, there's nothing on the island like this at the minute you can also see a video report from our colleagues at KMTV on that story at kentonline.co.uk at Kent Hotels says it's forking out £200,000 on an outdoor wedding space as so many couples prefer to tie the knot al fresco. Even when restrictions ease in June, allowing weddings to resume at pre-pandemic levels, bosses at the cave near Canterbury say very few want a ceremony inside. From Monday, up to 30 people will be able to attend a service, but receptions will still be limited to just a meal and no dancing. An independent bookshop in Ramsgate has beaten national chains like WH Smith and Blackwell's to be named the UK best book retailer. Moon Lane won the top prize at the British Book Awards and was also named Children's Bookseller of the Year. Seven Oaks Bookshop won the Best Independent Bookshop Award. Huge congratulations to both of them. And a Kent Carnival that was cancelled last year because of the pandemic is going to be back this summer. The annual parade in Laysdown didn't take place in 2020 for the first time in its 42-year history. Well, thousands of people usually attend the event, which is due to take place in August. Kent Online Sport. Football and Connor Ogilvie, Jack Bonham and Jordan Graham are all leaving Gillingham. They've turned down new offers after their current contracts expire. Alex McDonald and Vice-Captain Stuart O'Keefe have agreed new deals, though. You can see the full list of who's leaving and who's staying at Priestfield on the sports pages of Kent Online. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. Don't forget to follow us on our socials. That's Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to keep up with breaking news over the weekend. Plus, you can subscribe to the IM News app that will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.